HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program is brought to you by the Dairy Farm Families of Wisconsin, the Wisconsin Milk Marketing Board. Did you know that today Wisconsin produces more than 600 varieties, types, and styles of American, international style, and original cheese that win more awards than any other state or country? To learn more, visit eatwisconsincheese.com. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. We're a member-supported food radio network Broadcasting over 35 weekly shows live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. Join our hosts as they lead you through the world of craft brewing, behind the scenes of the restaurant industry, inside the battle over school food, and beyond. Find us at heritageradionetwork.org. So you don't shun the devil with your rock and roll load. Knows that country music's gonna save your soul. The Welcome back to the Speakeasy. I'm Damon Bolte. Whoa, where are you at, Souther? No, oh, there I am. Hey, <laughs> hey, Souther. <laughs> How you doing, buddy? Good. Did you have fun last night? I did. Me it too. Was, yeah. All right, moving you, on. You had to. <laughs> <laughs> you had to cl- you end up closing the bar, right? I went back to Amori Margot to help Lindsay shut it down because it was her <laughs> last night. It was also our six-year anniversary, so there was lots of yeah. stuff going on. So I went back to help her shut it down. There were a lot of flowers. There were lots of flowers. Yeah, more. I think she got more flowers than she weighs. Uh, a lot of flowers. <laughs> that's not well actually hard truth, to do. That's right. Uh, no, yeah. congratulations on six years, man. That's a that's yeah. That's a hell of a run, man. And having her there for four of it made all the difference. Um, and yeah. last night was her last night. She's moving on, out to Seattle. Good for her. And then we popped over to Holiday Cocktail Lounge to see Brian Floyd mm-hmm. and the Barman's Fund. And raise some money for charity. Cool, man. Which is a theme in my life right now. We'll talk about that another time. Though. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I, I, some people know you're going to be opening a bar soon. But uh, speaking of uh, opening bars, we have a dude that I I know you haven't really uh, gotten to know him very well. But, uh, guy I'm about that, to. You're about to. We're all about to. Um, guy that uh, is in my neighborhood, close to my bar. He's got a few places, uh, not only in the Borum Hill area of, uh, of Brooklyn, but also across the pond. Um, and a design and architecture firm, and just this guy does everything. everything. So welcome to the show, Phil Morgan. Phil. Thank you very much. Good to have you, buddy. Good to have you guys here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, goddamn, it's, we've got a lot to talk about. Um, so your latest uh, bar that you open is called Robert. 
which I'm partial to because my dad's name is Robert. Oh. And we're at so Robert's. is mine. Yeah. Yeah. And we're at Roberta's, and my dad's twin sister's name is Roberta. That's pretty crazy. <laughs> oh, my God. You just freaked me out. Your dad is a twin as well? Yeah, twin oh sister. Oh, my gosh. That's how you name a guy-girl combo. Just add an A on the end of a dude name. Twins freak me is that, out. Is that sort of common? Like, dads have twins, and then they it's go off? It's supposed to skip a generation, but it doesn't in my family. But okay. I, I don't want to talk about it. Are there more? <laughs> oh, man. I don't want to hear about this. There's, there's a theory, but let's, we're not talking about that. That's, that's, that's after. Creepy. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. Um, anyway. <laughs> okay, talk about Robert. What's Robert all about? So, so you, got, you have Robert. You have Building on Bond, which is right next to it. That's your restaurant. Uh, you have Lizard Lounge in Paris. Yep. In uh, the Marais, in the fourth arrondissement. Very cool. Center, and, center and of Paris. You have, uh, your company, your architecture and design company, Echo, Echo? Echo Inc., which is also in Borum Hill. Well, sort of Borum Hill, Carble Hill now. We just moved offices. Right. Yeah. Gotcha. We, turned, we turned Robert into Robert, and it was our office mm-hmm. for Echo Inc. Then now the office for that is on Atlantic? Yes, yeah, it's at 71 Atlantic Avenue. Right across from Long Island Bar. It is oh, exa- almost okay. exactly uh, across the street from Long Island Bar, and it shares a wall with Montero's. With Montero's. We actually wanted to put a, a, a hole in the <laughs> wall between Montero's and have a little buzzer to buzz in. Uh, my business partner, John Cole, likes um, Budweiser Tall Boys, and he wanted to have like a little window that we could have the beers come through. Like a little window awesome. at PDT. Yeah, <laughs> get the exactly. hot dogs. That's awesome. <laughs> we ended up snal- installing a, a kegerator. That was a lot easier. <laughs> yeah, but in the office, know, cool things aren't easy to do. No, if cool things were easy to do, everybody would surf and play guitar, mm. <laughs> right? I can do none yeah. of those. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, cool. I can kind of do half of that. Cut the hole in the wall is what I'm saying because <clears throat> that's cool. Exactly. <laughs> so, okay, where did this all start? I mean, t- talk to us about Phil Morton. I uh, I studied. Uh, Mechanical engineering with General Motors in California and, and, and was fixing cars, doing electrical diagnostics for Chevrolet dealership in Manhattan Beach, California, uh, where I'm originally from, and, and decided after then getting recruited into sales, which I did really, really well, uh, that if I don't get out of the automobile industry, and this is 1988, that if I don't get out of the automobile industry, I'm going to be in it for the rest of my life, so I decided to go try to uh, check out where I'm going to go study a foreign language to sort of broaden my horizons. And I chose France and French and spent six months in Grenoble, which is in the Alps. That's where they had the 1968 Winter Olympics. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, six months wasn't enough, and I went on to um, uh, to Paris and was at the Sorbonne studying more French and French uh, art history and got a job in a, in a restaurant because – I'm an American, and I didn't speak any French, or not enough, and I needed a job, and I got a job in a kitchen, and, and that that I loved it. That was it. I was like, this is really cool, and I met my business partners at uh, uh, at um, from the um, uh, from the Lizard Lounge, Oliver Jenkins and John Cole. I met them there. Oliver was one of my co-bartenders. He, he taught me how to bartend and uh, after I was working in the kitchen. And I fell in love with that, so I was in the kitchen on Sundays, uh, Saturdays and Sundays doing brunch, and then during the week I would host a bit, and then on the, on Fridays uh, was a, a work on the, on the, at the bar, uh, behind the bar, and then uh, Saturday was a double where I would do brunch and then and then bartending, and, and then I would 
work a little bit Sunday brunch and then go to sleep and wake up and go to school. Wow. Wow. <laughs> wow. That's amazing. And, and Oliver, Oliver and his partner, John, uh, John Cole, uh, this is a different one, or John Coyle, excuse me. John Coyle is the Irish guy that, uh, that uh, is my partner in Paris, uh, along with John, uh, um, Oliver Jenkins, who's English. And my business partner in Etcho Inc. is John Coyle, uh, Cole. It's all, <laughs> it's all confusing. Anyway. JC. Uh, yeah, yeah, call one of them JC. <laughs> exactly. So John, uh, John Cole. Uh, who's American, who lives in Brooklyn as well, is 6'5", and John Coyle, who is Irish and lives in Paris, is like five foot four or something. He's like a little <laughs> fellow. <clears throat> so, easy to tell the difference. Cool. <laughs> yeah. So, the Lizard Lounge is still open. We opened it in, uh, in 19, uh, 1994. We opened... I helped them open their first bar, which is one of the best bars, I think, in the world, called Stolly Stone Bar in the Marais. Uh, it's on at 16 Rue Clocheperse, if that you know makes any sense. It's <laughs> an awesome bar. Uh, you can walk in after spending a day running around looking at the beautiful things in Paris and say, can I get a pint of beer? And they'll say yes. Yeah. As most of the people there speak English, there's a lot of... Uh, foreigners that that come in there, like, like Scottish guys and Irish guys and English guys that work there, um, and and some French, and some French. So this place has been around for twenty three years. Yeah, amazing, amazing. Yeah, that's that's mind blowing to me. Yeah, six. I just passed six just yesterday, passed six and you're like, you're ready to retire. Um, yeah, I'm like, <laughs> yeah, the, I'm looking at boats. The the way they set up their leases are, you know, a little. Uh, they protect the leaseholder a lot more. They they have this twice enough, this six, uh, this uh, three six nine lease that that. Uh, uh, allows people to uh, stay in their leases longer, and generally the the raising of the rent goes up by an index of the cost of living is sort of how they base it, oh. not where a landlord can say, hey, uh, you're paying X now, but I want uh, 25X or triple yeah, X yeah. or whatever it happens to be. <clears throat> um, so there, it, it, it protects the leaseholder a little bit more. Uh, at the Lizard Lounge, we did have a bit of an issue because the neighborhood has really changed uh, and um, you know, it went up a little bit more than uh, than the cost of um, the index of cost of living, but um, it's still there. Um, it's got a great. The building is from 1634. Wow, uh, which is really, really, really old. Um, and uh, yeah, it's got beautiful vaulted uh, vaulted basement that we ended up opening up, doing some architectural structural work to to make that happen and added a mezzanine and a full copper bathroom that's on the mezzanine. Because that's your bag as well, right? You the, do a lot of design work. Yeah, we do. Uh, with uh, John uh, Cole, we do <laughs> the tall fella. Yeah, yeah, and JC for short. Um, <laughs> uh, we, uh, yeah, we design and build bars and restaurants and music venues and shops. And we've done the odd apartment and the odd brownstone, but most of the stuff we do is, is – uh, is bars and restaurants, hospitality stuff. Yeah. Um, Mostly here in New York or all over the world, it sounds. All, all over the world. We just finished a place called Ister uh, in in the third Ernestmo uh, in Paris last year. Um, uh, John was in London for uh, for The Box. I don't know if you've heard of The Box. It's, a, it's an adult uh, entertainment venue uh, that started the first one was on Christie, and they just had their 10th year anniversary. They were celebrating that on the 14th of February. Um, uh, Valentine's John Day. Valentine's Day, exactly. Of course. At the box. Uh, and, <laughs> yep. Make your reservations for next year. It's a, it's a, you need a disco nap before you go to that part place. Uh, yeah. So there's one at, I think it's 189 Christie Street um, on, on the Lower East Side. It's the first one, and then they open another one in London. Uh, they did another one in, in Vegas, and we designed and, um, and built uh, all of them, with the exception of the one in, in, in uh in Vegas, it's Union, so we Great. fabricated all of the finishes. The Union 
created a white box, and uh, we then brought in all of our finishes and the wallpaper, the porno wallpaper, and the crazy stuff that uh, <laughs> Sam, Simon Hammerstein's the owner, very uh, uh, works in hand with with John to create a really beautiful beautiful space. Amazing. And it's around for uh, it's yeah, just past ten years. That's amazing. I'm going to London in two weeks. Maybe I'll check out the box in London. Get, get in the box, man. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> um, What's in the box? <clears throat> no. I hope that's not. <laughs> um, Justin, Justin Timberlake had a song about that, didn't he? He sure did. Something about <laughs> <laughs> So, okay. Wow. Uh, 30 minutes is going to be long enough for you. No. Um, but uh, so you had the Lizard Lounge for a while. You were living in Paris. Uh, what brought you back to New York? So I, uh, I wrote, brought you to New York because you lived in California before that. Yeah. Yeah, I was in California and then moved to Paris. And then I was in Paris for almost 13 years. And uh, I, uh, in 1994, opened up the Lizard Lounge. and Or 1991, helped John and Oliver open up a, a Stolly Stone Bar. So Stolly's was open, and, and I was helping them manage when they'd come to New York to sort of check out cocktails and stuff that was going on and see what's happening to sort of bring that sort of uh, Americana to, to, uh, to Paris. And we decided to open up the... Lizard Lounge in 1994, which we did, signed, signed the lease, I don't know, in 93 or 94. It was a long, difficult process. Liquor licenses over there, not like in New York, are, are very expensive. It's like New Jersey or California, I think it's sort of like that. <clears throat> so um, we bought a restaurant that had been already a space. It was already a restaurant, and before that it was a restaurant. And we found a picture from uh, 1921 when it was a Bougnard, which was a place that had they sold coal, uh, wood, and wine. So they'd sell combustibles and alcoholic beverages. So the cool, <laughs> the wife would be behind the bar making sandwiches and selling you wine, and the husband would sell you your coal. And he would then he'd say, oh, I live at uh, 18, uh, fifth floor, right door. And you'd pay them for the coal and pay them for the, your glass of wine, your, your tartine, your bread and butter sandwich. And he would then bring the coal up to your house. And that's wow. what that was. So it had a liquor license attached to it for like ever. Um, wow. So we opened, yeah, we opened that in '94. Opened Lizard Lounge in '94. Opened uh, Stolly's in uh, in 1991, and then in 1998, uh, a guy that was a uh, Nick Schofer who was uh, a cook for us, and he left. He, he was he was amazing. Uh, he was a cook for us. He then ended up uh, coming back. So I don't. I want to work with you guys. This is amazing. I can't leave Paris. He's from Madison, Wisconsin. His dad was teaching uh, French history or something French in uh, at um, University of Madison. And he came back, and we he ended up being the new partner in the new place we opened in 1998 called The Bottle Shop. And, again, we designed and built that place. And at the same time, I'd met uh, my, my wife at the end of May, beginning of June. She walked into the Lizard Lounge and with her best friend she was living in london at the time and jennifer had flown back from from flown to paris from uh from new york <clears throat> and uh they they lost her bag so she didn't get there till late it was like midnight or something and they walked up and uh ordered two bottles of of red stripe and two shots of vodka and i said would you like that vodka chilled because most French people, if they were, would not have a warm shot of vodka. And said, "No, we'll have them just like that." I said, "I need to meet these women." <laughs> and that was uh, I, they sat down at uh, at um, a table uh, table three it was a large table for like four to five people, and uh, some French guys were giving them a hard time, and as they do because they hit on women because it happens. And uh, it was midnight. Very French attitude. Yeah, yeah, and. Um, <clears throat> 
So I, I walked up to the table and said, ladies, those wink, wink bar seats that you were looking for uh, are free. So if you'd like to move to the bar. So they got up. Hero rescued them. And set them at the bar and we Get talked for a while. Get your goddamn hands off her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, we end up, I end up dissing, we have the bar downstairs that's in the, the vaulted, the beautiful vaulted uh, ceiling uh, bar downstairs and friend was bartending down there. And uh, I said, you know, go to the local place in the corner. I don't remember the name of it. I think it's called um, Etancelle or something, but it's a, it's a place that has a full 24-hour liquor license or they shut for an hour or something to sort of swap shifts. So go there. You know, the bar shut at shut at one thirty. Last calls at one thirty. Got everyone's got to be out by two, and so they went down there and we said, "We'll meet you for a drink afterwards." And I closed the bars and you know count all the money and do everything, get set up for for Saturday's service. And we hung out and talked to them till six o'clock in the morning. And Jennifer is now my wife. Um, and, and I end up moving. I end up moving that's here. That's what brought you back. That's what brought me back. So I end up. See, I end so up. It's uh, always one of two things. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> so uh, so I money up, or a woman. Yeah. Uh, two, 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 over two years, two and a half years of long distance. I was living in Paris, and and she was living in Brooklyn, and I ended up moving back uh, to moving to New York to open up a, a, a Spanish fine dining restaurant that was nominated uh, for best design in two thousand two. It was called Suba. That's a fine dining Spanish restaurant at 109 Ludlow that is no longer there. We sold that in 2007 or 8 or 9 or something. Um, and, yeah, we got married in uh, 2005. Wow. Yeah. That's the short version. <laughs> wow. <laughs> You're killing it. <clears throat> well, we're at a pause, so let's maybe take a pause. Yeah. And uh, we'll come back and talk to you some more about design work and bar work and how the, those two worlds collide. Because Tweet. Damon has that in common as well. Damon, mm-hmm. you have a... Didn't you get a you have a degree in design, don't you? Graphic design. Yeah. But you know it's it's also interesting is that he's had a lot of people working for him that have gone on to start their own firms and two of those guys actually designed and built my bar, Grand Army. Get out of here. Yeah. In, in my first bar that the uh, first place that I opened, Suba, I actually one of those guys, Matt Maddie, I taught him how to weld. Oh, building, yeah. <laughs> building that first place that opened in New York City. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. All right, we're gonna take a quick break and hear about some milk and cheese. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we are. All right, back. Today's program is brought to you by the Wisconsin Milk Marketing Board. Wisconsin produces the world's best cheese, period. Why? Lush grasslands, glacial water supply, fourth-generation cheesemakers, combining old-world tradition with the new ideas and highest standards. The very best milk. What do you think of when you think of Wisconsin cheese? For me, I think cheese curds. Delicious, fresh cheese curds or deep-fried cheese curds. Cheese curds literally any way, any time, any place. I think about Andy Hatch and Upland's Cheese Company, the operation behind the Pleasant Ridge Reserve cheese that's literally America's most awarded cheese. I think of the deliciously stinky Limburger and its long-storied history. I think about Raleigh's Dumbarton Blue, a perfect blend of English-style cheddar and notes of blue. I think of Emmy Roth's Grand Cru Chirchois, which was named 2016's World Champion at the World Championship Cheese Contest. Wisconsin is like the world champion of cheese, and once you start reading the list of cheeses made in Wisconsin on their website, you can see why. The Wisconsin Milk Marketing Board is a nonprofit organization funded entirely by Wisconsin's dairy farm families. Read more at eatwisconsincheese.com. 
And as soon as you're done listening to this podcast, eat Wisconsin cheese. It's a no-brainer. Try to shake off the flames, but it doesn't work. And we are back. You're listening to The Speakeasy on Heritage Radio Network. Org. And we have our buddy Phil Morgan in the studio today. We've been talking about his uh, story life foray yes. into uh, the world of bars and restaurants. So uh, when we left before the break, um, you had just come back to Brooklyn. Or you just moved to Brooklyn and uh, from Paris. Cracked open an award-winning designed Spanish fine dining Spanish. restaurant. And, and then eventually you... Uh, at this point, you had Echo. Not yet. Echo, oh. we opened in February of uh, 2014. Really? Yeah. So it, wow. that was, we opened up uh, Suba in, uh, I actually saw, we heard this big, huge crash. This is 2001. So yeah. I'd moved, at the beginning of 2001, I moved to, moved to New York, and we finally signed a lease in, in May or uh, June, and we, no, it was maybe a little bit later in the June. We started construction, and we were actually building in September. Uh, and on September 11th, we heard this big crash, and we climbed up to the rooftop. We actually saw John Cole, who was – I hired him to be my uh, – because I met him in Paris. He was actually working for me in Paris as a uh, – actually, he never worked for me in the Lizard Lounge. He was working for Stallies because at the time, the the ice of France were uh, raiding um, – Bars uh, for illegal workers, and because I was American working in Paris, they were like you, everyone has to have their papers, and so like French people, no problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, Irish people, English was not a problem. Couldn't have Americans working there, but um, uh, so John was uh, working somewhere else, and uh, but I knew him then, and we did an art, did an art install in in uh, um, uh, in the Lizard Lounge in the basement, and that's where we met. I so said I really like this guy, I want to work with him, and so I ended up hiring him as my foreman. Uh, to build uh, Suba, the fine dining Spanish restaurant, and uh, and we got on really well, and uh, that was open in two thousand one, uh, really beginning the end of two thousand one, beginning of two thousand two, and um, uh, I was there full time for the first three years, and and then and said, well, yeah, in twenty fourteen or two thousand four. I wanted to go off and start this other this design and construction company because I designed and built bars in in Paris. Did three over there and uh, did Suba, and I really wanted to go off and do that. So I went to NYU, got uh, understood more about general contracting, got my general contracting license, got my home improvement license, and we started um, started Echo in February of 2014, and we started building uh, started building bars and restaurants. The first job we had was actually an apartment. Um, for uh, an architect um, who was also the architect for Suba called Andre Andre Kukowski. He does really beautiful work. And uh, he ended up having a problem. They, the client had a problem with the general contractor. We got hired. We were a general contractor. We did that. And right after that, we ended up uh, – uh, John had done some work at August Restaurant, uh, the wall finishes in the wall, uh, August Restaurant and cork in the ceiling. And we got hired as the general contractor uh, working with Avrico at mm. – uh, uh, Stanton Social. Uh, we did um, Marshall Stack on oh, yeah. the corner of, uh, which is one of my favorite bars. I love, I love that bar. Yeah, I live, I right, I live bar. right there. Yeah, it's a great, great bar. So that that bar um, is an antique bar from the 40s made out of mahogany that came out of my partner from Suba opened up a Spanish restaurant on 19th Street called uh, Bocaria. And he ripped out the bar and we were going to throw it away. And I told the clients, I think we have your bar. 
we need to cut we need to fabricate a couple you know linear feet more and make some corners we took this old bar and and that bar that was on 19th street is now in marshall stack oh wow yeah uh, cool. And all the, all the back walls there was it was a Mexican restaurant that had a full liquor license and they were going to have full liquor license and that didn't work out. But right. all those wall finishes were all part of uh, uh, part of the walls that were there before. Wow. I got off track. I forget where we were going with. Uh, <laughs> You're just fascinating us. Yeah. That's we're right on track. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so yeah. So we started in 2000. Uh, started Echo in 2004, and um, in February you said 2004. 2014. Before no 2004. Yeah. I thought you said. He, yeah. I thought he said 2004. I did too. Yeah. yeah he sorry. Did. I, I think maybe he said I did. It twice. Yeah. Maybe I did. <laughs> yeah. I was like, dude. No. I swear to God, I walked past that office a billion times. Yeah. 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 Way yeah. way before three yeah. years ago. So John uh, Cole, JC. Uh, uh, he um, uh, has a band as well, and we started our shop. We had our workshop in um, in Greenpoint on Leonard and Driggs, and that's where our first shop was, where we were fabricating, mil- doing millwork, and, and it just wasn't enough room. And so we ended up moving to uh, Pacific and uh, Pacific and Bond. There's a the street sort of ends. This guy by the name of Danny had a had a shop big enough that we could, we were fabricating our millwork out of there, and uh, and a couple, we were there for maybe a, a year or two, and we just we outgrew that, and we said we wanted a showpiece, we want a place that you can actually see our wares that are ours, and we can use it in an office and bring people to sort of hang out. And so I was walking our dog in Borum Hill, Thor, the dog of thunder. He's an awesome <laughs> Havanese. He's really cool. Uh, and I walked past this place in the corner of Abana Pacific, and it was really run down. It was awful looking, and we met the landlord, and uh, it uh, we ended up signing a lease in the end of 2000, uh, 2007, not 2017, the end of 2007. <laughs> uh, and and uh, we signed a lease in 2000, uh, 2007, and um, we built it out, and we originally just wanted it to be a bar. We didn't want anything to do with food because <laughs> I, I had restaurants, and I know how much work that is. Yeah. And uh, But the neighborhood... They they were not happy. Uh, I like to say they pooped themselves. They did. They were really really upset. They thought we were going to open up a hip hop club, even though I had showed them uh, we put together this really nice um, uh, binder for them to look at at the at the of uh, the liquor li- liquor license yeah. meeting for the community board and and you know the lizard lounge has been around forever and uh, and the bottle shop and it's really beautiful and Suba a fine dining establishment that was you know James Beard nominated for best design and like these really beautiful places and somehow they turned that into you're going to open up a hip hop club and people are going to get shot and I'm not that kind of guy. Wow. Community boards are very uh, so we ended high up, strung. Yeah. yeah. So we ended up creating a, a menu and putting on. So well, I guess we're putting it in a kitchen now. And we uh, inside that space we had um, our our office, uh, a shop in the basement, and a shop on the ground floor to do assembly. And then the coffee shop, bar, restaurant area was in the corner. And after we opened, and we opened in August of 2008. Um, which was a tough year because in 2007 stuff started going pear shaped, and a lot of the places that we were building couldn't pay us, and so we were trying to finish them so they could get money, and that didn't happen. So a lot of uh, a, a lot of our contracts weren't able to pay, so we had to stop work, and it was difficult. Oh. So it took us longer to get it open. Once we did, uh, we ended up putting in the kitchen, opening the kitchen in October. We opened in August, and um, it was our uh, you know con- our office, our construction studio and our our um 
uh, in our bar restaurant, a coffee shop bar restaurant. So we're open at seven o'clock in the morning, and we we close at uh, you know eleven or midnight or one o'clock, depending on you know how many people are at the bar. And this is building on bond. That's yeah. building on bond. And a lot of people in the neighborhood call building on bond B O B and uh, or Bob, and that's where the inspiration came for opening up Robert, which is. Next door, yeah, yeah. Bob and door. Robert, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and Robert was our uh, originally was a, a young woman's clothing store, and that didn't work out, and we ended up turning that into our office uh, for Echo, and we outgrew that and and uh, a couple of years, and uh, so at the end of uh, 2015 we moved out, and uh, and in no the end of 2014 we moved out, 2015 we built it out, turned it into Robert, and um, yeah, it's doing doing really really well. It's. I want to touch on some some design aspects for for a second because um, of the nature of the show and, and what you do. So, I, I Southern, you haven't been to either of these places. I haven't been either. No. Okay. So I'll tell you. There's I'm going some, this weekend now. There you go. Yeah, man. I mean, it's it's. They're both a block away from Grand Army. Yeah. Or perfect. Like, two blocks, I guess. Um, it's a block down, a block over. Yeah. Exactly. So <clears throat> the. Uh, some of the first things I, I remember when I first met you, you showed me some of the. You've got this tap system for your beer taps that comes down. It's this big pipe that comes down from the ceiling, then kicks over, and it's kind of like this. Just it kind of floats from the ceiling, and that's where all of his beer lines come from. And it's like a big green pipe. It's green, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you've got that, and it's just like a really cool look. I mean, like I know that like when Matt Manny and Nico Ars, the guys who worked for you that designed and, and built out my bar green army they they were like we, we also got a, a an old bar an early 20s bar and and I, that was something i wanted to do personally because i'd worked at prime meats for so long and we had that old uh 1880s brunswick bar um but the like like the lighting fixtures were built you know, there was like there was nothing that was like basically, the, and I, this was a design aspect that I, I completely was on board with. It was like we're not going to get anything from Lowe's or Home Depot. You know, thank and, goodness. And I and you do the same thing. I mean, like this tap system is crazy. Rather than getting like the uh, keg works like tower or you know like just the the standard bullshit, it's like you you build all this stuff. Yeah, he has this really interesting wine tap system that I can't. I don't even know if I can explain it on air and <laughs> have it come across as something that you can understand. But Coming soon, Speakeasy, the TV show. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it involves rubber mallets and ice scoops uh, as the spouts. It's like, it's it's insane. It's this whole hatch door system built into the wall for his, his like, tap wine. It's it's crazy. Amazing. Have you, ever, have you ever purchased uh, bag-in-box wine? Yeah, of course. Yeah, it comes in cardboard boxes. Sometimes yep. it comes in a wood box. It looks sort of nice. The wood box looks sort of nice, but the cardboard box doesn't look very good, and it like it devalues yeah, the product absolutely. that's inside the box. So the idea was to take and hide those bag and box boxes inside of a wall that has a lever on it, and the handle is a rubber mallet, and the spout is the ice scoop. Ha- the ice scoop, but the handle's cut off. Mm-hmm. So you pull the handle, which is a rubber mallet, and it presses the little red button on the bag and box right. with a little catch on it and the wine comes out hits the ice scoop pours out of the ice scoop into your glass or your decanter your, or whatever your decanter that you're putting in and, and the good thing is you've got you know four bottles of wine in these things and they never come in contact with air and and it is always good until the last drop exactly like it, it never goes it's amazing 
Sounds awesome. amazing. So this is the kind of stuff that like really drew me to, to Phil's work. Um, it's super innovative. My, like growing up, my brother and my dad, you know, we always like built classic cars and hot rods and just like kind of like built. You built hot rods too? Yeah, man. Well, that's another show because like he he was a he's a hot rod dude. I mean, he worked for GM. Yeah, yeah. I, I my when I was eighteen, I had a V eight Vega. Jesus. Full cage and everything. We'll talk about that later. Yeah, we'll talk about that later. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, you know, this, like all these, I, I hope you don't take this offense, uh, take offense to this, but it's, you have like a very kind of quirky, imaginative design style, you know, and like it's really cool in the bar setting, in the restaurant setting. Because then when you go to Robert, he has, like, it's, it's almost like, a gallery of tile, <laughs> you know, like there's all these different tiles on all these different walls. You've got your dartboard, like game room and really smart move. Like you've got these different multicolored, like hexagonal, uh, like large tiles. They're like probably 16 inch wide, 18 yeah, inch wide, something like that. Yeah. And they're different colors. They kind of do this like very seventies kind of gradiated, like Brown, orange, red vibe. And that's where his dartboards are mounted. So, and they're cork. They're made out of cork. So like if you miss the dartboard, you Which, know, like a lot of times you'll see in like dive bars, there's like a billion holes all around the dartboard, <laughs> like in the painted wall. Yeah, responsible. Well, it's cork. I'm it just goes into the wall, and you don't. I mean, the dartboard's cork. The wall is cork. The whole fucking wall. The dartboard is horsehair, but yeah, yeah. Did you know is it? I, I, you know, I was gonna say it's good cork, ones are. But, uh, uh, I don't know if ours are. Good I, ones are. Yeah, the good ones are. Yeah, I think. I thought yours were cork. It they may be, I think they may be not the good ones. And Inner City <laughs> Dart League Championship, two years in a row Whoa, in geez. Atlanta. Wow. wow. That's right. Um, so then, like, the back bar, it's interesting because, like, the, there's, like, a walkway that goes actually to uh, to building a bond mm-hmm. behind it. So you've got these small windows where you can get light coming in from behind the bar because, I mean, you, you don't normally have the bar backed up against a, a wall with windows, right. you know? So it's got that, and then it's got these really interesting mirror tiles, and uh, and then the ceiling. The ceiling is probably the most interesting tile job I've ever seen. It is. It's crazy. It's all tiled with black dominoes. The whole ceiling. So how many dominoes did you glue up together? <laughs> I didn't do it by myself. Uh, there's forty nine thousand of them. Over forty nine thousand individual domino pieces. Correct. And you. Literally just glued them to the ceiling. Yeah, I, I'm a big fan of XL. Work of a madman. Yeah, uh, I'm a big fan of XL, and I ended up making. I didn't don't have it with me, but I, you know, figured out that okay, there's 500 of these tiles that we made out of dominoes that take 98 dominoes to make that are approximately 10 and a half inches by 10 and a half inches square, and that doing two horizontal and two vertical, running them across. Nine, for with 98 tiles makes a square 10 and a half inches by 10 and a half inches. And I needed approximately 500 of those 10.5 by 10.5 inch tiles that have 98 tiles on them to come up with the total square footage that we need. And that comes up with 49,000 dominoes. And then there's, you know, then I was count, then I counted a box of dominoes, and there's 28 dominoes in a box, I think, if I remember correctly. And each domino box has X amount of domino dots. So then there's like 268,000 dots on the ceiling on that are ceiling. the you know the two times six and the two times five and yeah. the one and six and the and, and the, the one that has no dots and that's <laughs> on the ceiling yeah it's insane i'd love to, <laughs> I'd love to run the game shop that you walked into yeah. and we're like you know i need forty nine thousand dominoes 
So 49 dominoes coming up. Uh, no, no, 49,000. <laughs> the internet. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. of course. Uh, the uh, the inspiration was uh, Starry uh, Starry Night, and, uh, oh, yeah, and, okay. and, and 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 it works. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when you say, "Oh, the inspiration is Starry Night," like, Bing, got it. I'm 100 percent going over there this weekend. Yeah, they got a sweet ass old like 70s jukebox. 1971. Yeah, I've, it, I've it, they've got 45s that still it still works. Yeah, I've, and I've speaking of, that off, I'm speaking coming. of records too, like they have DJs pretty much every night. There's uh, two turntables set up at the end of the bar. Um, I, I've I've jumped back there and spun some records actually before. And Josh White, who who runs the bar, he uh, uh, he's the one that curates that that uh, that jukebox and and you know about about every quarter he does it. Originally, I was like, yeah, every month we're going to do this. Like, there's a lot of stuff to do to run a bar. And yeah, didn't, not enough time to like. Where are you going to go find eighty forty fives that are in good shape that right. people want to listen to? Not right. easy. Certainly not my place. Yeah. <laughs> Can you not just have them made anymore? Remember, you could use. The, you, could, you, you could, but it's expensive, man. Don't you remember? I, my band has vinyl. There but were, but, but I mean, there were really expensive. There were booths you could go into and record yourself and get a forty-five when you walked out, like a photo booth. Do you remember that? That's really cool. Yeah. Do you remember those? I do not. I maybe, maybe that's yeah. maybe that's something you, you can go. install in your your next bar. Look yeah. for one of those. Get yeah, a, there you get, go. Get a we'll vintage one made, then you can go sit in there with your guitar and bang out a tune and put it in the jukebox. <laughs> that's awesome. Cool. Done. Um, so we're sadly, definitely, sadly at the yeah. end. I'm just riveted. I want to uh, keep yeah, sitting I here mean, listening. You got to you got to check out. If you're in Paris, check out Lizard Lounge. If you're in Brooklyn. Uh, Either before or after you come by Grand Army. <laughs> Go check out Building on Bond and Robert. You can totally do all three. Yeah. Easily. It's it's actually, it's it's kind of like the easiest bar crawl. My evening is set. Friday yeah. night. I'm hitting them all. But before we sign off, you do have another project on the uh, way, which yes. is a, to say it's a big project is not even yeah. close. Um Can you talk about your next one briefly? Yeah. So in 2011, I got crazy into the idea of of uh of making spirits and brown spirits are my favorite but to um, making a distillery and um i've been doing a lot of research since 2011 2000 late 2011 beginning of 2012 and uh, i've uh found a found a partner that we're, we're um uh, that we're working on a a large uh space in in the Gowanus. uh Probably north of uh, thirty thousand square feet, where it'd be an Jeez. event space, and and distillery that we want to make all the spirits. And people say, "What are you going to make?" And I'm like, "Yes," is usually my answer. <laughs> so, uh, but, but focusing on definitely on, on brown spirits, you know, uh, bourbon, rye, weeded uh, wheat, uh, wheat whiskey, um, uh, and, and some brandy. And of course, the the easy one to get out really quickly is the the vodka, the vodka and gin. It's you don't have to sit in in oak and, and turn brown, and and become delicious. You can be delicious in a different way. Yeah. And um, yeah, that's uh, that's, that's a, a project. That's a big project. Yeah. Um, like literally big <laughs> yes. project. But is there a name? Uh, yeah, title mill. Title mill is uh, the name we're working with. Title like T I D E. As in, so the Gowanus, it's in the Gowanus part of Brooklyn, and and uh, before the Gowanus Canal was a canal, it was a tidal estuary. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a and I, the there, I, Joseph Alexu wrote a book uh, came out two years ago, I think, or a year and a half ago, called the Gowanus the Curious Canal, 
uh, talking about the history of the Guas Canal, and and uh, and I just got obsessed with that neighborhood. It is it's the right zone to be able to put in a distillery. Um, so tidal mill. There were many tidal mills in the Gowanus Canal. There is now a restaurant uh, that's that's very nice down the street called Freaks Mill. Uh, yeah. There was a there was a a mill called Freaks Mill. There's one called Yellow's Mill. There's one called Coles Mill. And all of these mills, they were grinding things, um, grain, and they were making all sorts of different things with them. I, I haven't found where Brooklyn in general had a huge heyday of, of, of distilleries that just all disappeared. Oh, yeah. 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 Remember the beer barons? Yep. There was more beer brewed in Brooklyn uh, before Prohibition than any other city in, in the United States. Yeah, and those beer barons had beer all over their hands, so some of them started distilling it. Yep. So there were lots of distilleries before. They're all gone. Yeah, so it's cool, that, it's cool that that's coming back. Yeah. Um, tidal, tidal Mill. Yep. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, that's definitely... And you're designing gonna... and building the space yourself, of course, because that's what you do. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a tricky one. The, we're coming out of the ground of the building, uh, which is advantageous. But, um, and it's also in a flood zone. So after Superstorm Sandy, Sandy they, they've, they've moved where, and, uh, where that flood zone is and how you have to treat that area on the ground floor. So that part's going to be a little tricky, but um, you know, if it's not difficult, why do it? Uh, yeah. That's what we said earlier, yeah, right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. if, if, if if cool was easy, everybody would do it. Yeah. Um, who are you talking to about building a still? You, you doing you going down that road yet? Uh, yeah, yeah. Are you gonna uh, design your own? Yeah, I have <laughs> thought about that, um, uh, but I don't think that's the right thing to do. Up. Uh, most likely, uh, we'll keep it American. Try to keep uh, like the Vendome ideas to have a yeah, like Vendome uh, yeah. was spoke, uh, spoken. I've been also through Echo uh, have been doing some consulting work for other distilleries. Uh, been doing work at um, at Kings County and just installed a new large still for them and doing an expansion with those with those guys in the in the Brooklyn Navy Yard. Awesome. If you have a chance to go see their tasting room and their, uh, I've been there, have, yeah, it's great. Um, what they're doing is really beautiful, uh, and um, they. Uh, um, yeah, so I think I think Vendome's the right way to go with it. There's a couple other manufacturers in America, but nobody that has the experience that uh, Vendome um, Copper and Brassworks has. That's for sure. Reach out to Pickerel, see what he has to say. Yeah, yeah. Do you know he, Dave Pickerel? I do. Of course, yeah. he does. Yeah, great guy. <laughs> yeah, Dave. Dave does a lot of work with with uh, with Vendome. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean this this is going to be a great uh, follow up interview. You know, when, exactly. Once you get closer to that, and you're opening up, we'll love to have you back in the studio, if not before. Right. And we'll sip on some clear spirits. I'd like that. Yes. <laughs> um, and also, we'll talk about maybe you know, Amaro is brown. Let's make it, some Amaro. It, yeah, I like that idea. <laughs> <laughs> like that idea a lot. Yeah. Cool. Uh, I'll I'll get in on that with you. Um, yeah. I guess we're at the end of the road. Yeah. Uh, which is uh, you know it's 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 our our most favorite way to end the show frankly is to end when there's so much more that needs to be said uh this was great uh, great really riveting fascinating stories that you told and i appreciate you sharing them with us yeah um and i want you know, when you next time you're on the show i would like to talk about more of the uh the kind of like the nitty-gritty like we we're talking about a little bit before the show about like all the the process of licensing and and all the kind of crazy bullshit you have to go through to get this up because everyone thinks that you know even opening a bar or restaurant it's like this romantic thing to do but it's it's a lot of fucking hard work yeah it, it is a know. lot and the only and way that it's romantic is that it's exactly like romance a lot of work yeah <laughs> <laughs> nice but uh yeah so well I guess that's it for this week. Thanks so much, Phil Morgan, My for uh, being on the show. Check out Robert, Building a Bond, Lizard Lounge, um, and then uh, Tidal Mill when it when it's around. Um, I'm going to be out of town next week. I'll be in San Diego for you California people. Uh, I'll be doing a guest bartending shift at 
polite provisions. Polite, yeah, polite provisions on Monday night. Uh, so come out and say hi to me out there. Um, hanging out with Eric Castro. Hanging out with Eric Castro. Love that guy. Do an episode of Bartender at Large. Hell yes. So it's gonna be really cool. And what do we got going? I mean, what do you what do you have going next it's week? Secret. Um, yeah, I don't. I have some people on the line, but no one's committed fully to uh, next week's show. But uh, I'll be here with someone. I guarantee it. All right. I'll maybe I'll call in. Oh, that'd be great. <laughs> I thought about doing it when I was in Mexico, but I didn't have a phone. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, that's it for the Speakeasy this week. Check out Heritage Radio Network for many more programs like this one. Until next week, I'm Damon Bolte. My name is Southern Teague. And cheers. Cheers, guys. Thank you so much. Thank you. So you don't shun the devil with your rock and roll load. Knows that country music's going to save your soul. The devil them rhythm and blues. That's him. It's going to get you some. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening. Oh,